Welcome to the Short Zone Podcast, where two short guys just talk. I'm your host, Caden Tonight, And I'm your host, Jim Tonight. So sit back, relax, grab a snack, and get in the zone. Hey folks, it's episode three. Episode three of the Short Zone Podcast. The Short Zone Podcast, episode three. Got two under our uh, belts now? Yeah, two under our belts, so third one doing today, which will be... Lots of fun, as usual. No big glitches on, uh, I mean, you do all the editing, pretty much. I, I, you've done all the editing. Yeah, uh, been pretty good. A couple of things here and there. But just the learning, like, editing long clips is a bit of work, but no, it's fun. And the only difference, I mean, you do this all the time with your YouTube channel, but now we're doing more multi-camera. Yeah, it's it's a, quite a bit different, just because you have multiple angles of the same shot, so... You have to sync them and stuff, but it's pretty easy now. Good. You got it down to a science? Yeah, pretty much. Good. So we thought with this episode, um, we realized that it is a podcast, and most of the time people will be listening to us with just audio, I guess, um, through Spotify or iTunes, and they may not get a visual... Yeah, they're not going to get a visual look at... I mean, we say we're short, but I don't think many people realize... I know. How short we are, and it's also not just being short that we have our problems. It's funny whenever I, you know, if I'm the odd time, we've had to give your information over the phone, and, you know, you'll say short or I'm short, and, you know, people just think, oh, yeah, you're short, and I don't, no, 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 I'm like three foot six, and you have to say it a couple times before <laughs> it registers to them, oh, three foot six, yeah, that's pretty short. Yeah, and we're even short for little people, like, I mean, me... I'm pretty short for a 15-year-old little person as well. Well, it, how tall are you? Three foot, like, one. Three feet, buddy. Three foot one? Yeah, I'm going with three foot one. So we even go to, um, have, there's a group in the States called LPA. Yeah, Little People America. So we usually, um, we try and go to a convention every year or every two years. We kind of alternate. Of course, this year with COVID, it was canceled. Yep. Um but we're, the point was, even among little people, we're short. Yeah. No, I know. We go there and we're still the short ones. So. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're at a convention for short people and we're still short. Yeah. What's the hour? The cutoff to be a little person is like, what, four foot ten? Yeah, four foot ten. That's the cutoff. So we're like uh, well over a foot, almost a foot and a half beyond that. Yeah. No, I know. So... So a lot of this podcast, it's not about being short. That's you don't like that's not the only but it it's it's our perspective, right? It's our life. And a lot of this podcast is to reflect that different point of view that that we live every day. Um, um and I think that's a unique perspective. And I think everybody has a unique perspective. So the point with this podcast is to show how different people's lives are, me and you. Um, that people don't even realize that the average folk, because the average person doesn't even, I said folks again, I know. that the average person doesn't even realize, you know, they think, oh yeah, you're short, you know, that's it. And what facet of our life that that affects. Yeah. And I think like, even with us, like short really isn't our problem. Right. For sure. Like short is at the bottom of our list of problems or physical problems but like, that's the first thing people think of that oh you know being short must be difficult i got no problem with being short really yeah if i was just short like i'd have 
no problem with that if I could walk as an average person would or have the same ability as an average person, but just short, that wouldn't really affect me, really. Right. No, me too. That's for sure. So it's our hip joints and our spine and those other problems that we have. Because of our skeletal dysplasia. Yeah, the dwarfism our... is caused by a skeletal dysplasia, right? Yeah, and um, our specific type has more problems than some, but less problems than others. Right, we're kind of... Uh, I think we're kind of in the middle. Right. There's uh, other LPs or people with dwarfism that hardly have any medical issues. Like they, Yeah, they're, they're short. They're just short. That's but they can of... walk for miles, they can play soccer. Yeah, they can play sports, do whatever... No problem. They don't need a segue or no problem. But then there's also the other side that some little people have and they have severe problems or issues that they can't walk as well as we can or they can't. It really affects um, their mobility and they're confined to a mobility device of some sort. Um, I'm getting closer to that, but I'm not there yet. So Yeah, you're not there yet. And I think um, I think it would be hard for you to get to that point. I think you're... Yeah, it's, um, mobility is the biggest thing that I struggle with, for sure. Definitely. Well, both of us. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, there's so much more, um, like, you know, even the surgeries, right, that uh, we endure that people may not realize or think about. Um, you know, I've had probably 30 different operations in my life. Um, from Most of them were in my childhood. Um, but 30 is a lot. That's a huge number. And you're well on your way. You've, you've had a, uh, a bunch of surgeries. Yeah, I think I've had like 10 to 12. So definitely not 30, but I mean, I've got quite a few for my age. So. And big, big, big ones like your yeah, neck. Yeah, my neck. I mean, well, that was my first orthopedic surgery, right? Was my neck. Yeah. And it I mean, it was so unstable that one wrong push or fall on the playground or just a trip and you know my life was on its line like it's uh... and so for people to that wouldn't know we one of the problems with our type of dwarfism is neck instability so um and it's up high in your vertebrae so the c1 through c5 is where your cervical spine is and right the typical problem with us is between the c1 and c2 we have this um adontoid and so it's like a little nub that goes between the the vertebrae and that little nub holds C1 and C2 together so that they can't slide off that little nub. Um, that holds the neck from, gives it stability, it can't slide. It's much like when a newborn baby is born, that, that odontoid is not developed yet. That's why you have to really support their head all the time. Um, so with me, um, probably, although it was never checked because that was back in the 70s, but with you, Right away, they noticed that it was gone. But you had even more problems on top of that. Yeah, I've I had many problems with my neck and spine instability. But I think like you must have had the same problems. Because on every other aspect, medically, we are like a clone of each other. Like every problem you have had, I have had. So I definitely think you did have some sort of neck instability. Neck instability, probably. But it would... Uh wasn't checked as closely back then and with you it was super scary like your your neck instability was among the worst cases that they'd seen because not only was that odontoid not there but the bone around the odontoid the, the, cerv the cervical vertebrae the vertebrae body themselves wasn't bone so it, it was, was like yeah it was all cartilage. cartilage it was all cartilage 
So your C-spine for the longest time, for many years, never turned a bone, it was cartilage. So it left your neck really unstable. And I think, what? how fast is that supposed to turn to bone? Like, well, I think within months a baby can hold their head up. And... and so with me, I mean, I was, what, four when I had my surgery? And it still wasn't even close. Still wasn't. But the doctor thought, okay, you're old enough now. He said, you're going to school if you're around other kids. If you get a bump in the playground, even just a little bump, if it's the wrong way, you will break your neck at that. And at that, if you break your neck at between the C1, C2, you you don't sustain life. No, it's it's impossible. And um, It affects your breathing. Yeah, and it's right beside those arteries, those life-sustaining arteries and everything. So yeah, it would have been. So even though that was a big decision, like the doctor said, look, the surgery is high risk. It's a dangerous surgery, but we we can control those risks. And if we don't operate, the risks are going to be. Yeah, the risks are there for the rest of your life. Um, um, so I guess my risks are there. We're yeah. left, right? So, you know, maybe I had some good luck on my side. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what it would have been. But I mean, I always think you had to have had it, had to have had it. Um, I mean, I, I also have a bit of more of a neck what I have of a neck. I mean, you really don't have much of a neck. I have a little bit of a neck, but... Well, they stretched it out when you had that yeah, halo. Yeah, when I had that halo on. Yeah, the pins and the metal on your outside, it was crazy, and then went down to a, your chest. And Minerva it held you neck like Frankenstein brace. perfectly straight. Yeah, and then I had a Minerva neck brace, and then I went till, I think it was like 10. 10 years old, I think, is when I finally could take off a neck brace yeah you wore I a, didn't neck, have brace to wear a neck brace for a long long time yeah and like daily i'd wear it all day every day pretty much yep yeah but um no that was such a sigh of relief was when i was told i don't need to that neck brace because i hated that thing i mean it constricted my mobility so much and i couldn't you know if i dropped something i couldn't look down to see it like it was, I just hated that thing. And hot? It, yeah, hot, like in the summer. It was terrible. I mean, given I knew what the alternative was, and I knew I had to keep using this neck brace, but it was not a fun experience. You took it amazingly well. I'm just, you know, it's amazing how resilient kids are. And, I mean, of course it bothered you, and, of course, there was days you weren't very happy, and, and uh, but, uh, I mean, you took it like a trooper. So I didn't have the neck brace, but it was funny as a kid of the 70s, I had like probably six body casts and a back brace at one point and leg braces. I mean, I felt like the Tin Man. I was like had stuff strapped to me for most of my childhood. And through all my surgeries, I've never had a cast. Never had a cast. That blows my mind. I had like six body casts and you never had a cast. I've never had a cast. And the only brace I've had was for my neck. For your neck. But that was a big brace for big a long brace. time. Big yeah, brace. And for a long time. But never for any of my legs, nothing. No. They do it quite different now with the legs. So your surgery is less invasive to fix your knee. Right. Yeah, um, just two eight plates. Yeah, and those are, what, the eight plates, what do they do? How do they work there? Yeah, they're two, it's kind of, it kind of looks like two washers together. And they just, they, um, I think they go into, because you have two bones that grow. Your growth plates. Your growth plates. And one side grows side goes faster than the other causing it to uh, have knocked knees and so i think it i'm not very good at explaining how it works like 
in my head I know how it works, but it kind of it goes into the. It holds so your 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 growth plates are together like that, and with us, our bones don't grow even. So one side of the leg would grow faster than the other, which causes our legs to be crooked. So what the doctor do with the eight plates is they put eight plates that hold the one side together. So it forces the side that grows too fast to stop growing and lets the other side catch up. So that's kind of how they've massaged your legs to keep straight. With me, they would let them go till they were crooked, let them go, let them go, let them go. I'd end up with like huge knock need, like really crooked legs. They would go in, cut it, you know, cut the leg right off basically, um, wedge it, you know, straighten it with a wedge, pin it with rods and pins, and then cast me. And I'd be in a cast for six weeks. Yeah, and I mean, think, so for my eight-plate surgery, same result, and I was walking within two weeks from that surgery. Right. I mean, given it's still a pretty big surgery. It is. It's a surgery, for sure. Like, I'm still going under anesthetic. I'm still, like, it's a pretty decent-sized surgery, but compared to what you had, it's Yeah, the recovery for me, like, I was in a body cast for six weeks, and then I'd get the cast off, and then I'd have to learn how to walk again because you had no muscle tone. Um, although I did learn to kind of almost walk in a body cast, like I felt like the gingerbread man, I could like get up there and yeah, that what's that scene from Grown Ups? Yeah, the guy that gets the arrow through his foot, he's hobbling around. Yeah, but um, but uh, yeah, no, and um, you know, there's that's uh, um, just a perspective that most people don't realize. Um, so we just wanted to kind of give some description um, to you know what why our perspective is different than everybody else's yeah the other thing is for a surgery on top of you know the surgery being a problem anesthetic is a huge deal with us a huge deal with us because you know we're so even for my last surgery eight plate right that was my last one they had troubles they did putting the intubating tube the tube yeah the tube because they couldn't because my neck is so you have an unstable neck but now it's been straightened and supported with rods so it doesn't bend normally so the airway is smaller, um, so it's really hard for little people usually to have anesthetic and get incubated where they put the tube down to breathe. And now when you have surgery and it's at Children's Hospital, I tend to not worry about that so much because a Children's Hospital is like a, um, incredibly experienced with you now, and there it's a, it's a place where the best of the best work, where I'm always petrified is if we're on holidays or out somewhere and we happen to have some emergency where you had to have surgery, then I would be panic-stricken because they're not aware of the issues that you can have because of your condition with just anesthetic alone. Yeah, that would be a huge issue with us. And, like, even for my back surgery, because we just got back from pre-op, and, I mean, they had to go in super into detail and understand everything that happens to previous surgeries. They were looking at my records. And, I mean, I swear my my file at the BC Children's Hospital is taller than me. Like, they pull out a section here, a section there. And, I mean, it's my file's huge. And so, I mean... Wasn't the last time we were there, didn't they say that was volume five? It was this thick yeah, thing. Yeah, and it was the fifth volume five. Yeah, the fifth volume. But, um... And, and even now as an adult, because I'm out of the children's hospital scene for so long, like I'm not eligible for that. I haven't been forever. So if I have to have surgery now, I'm quite worried about that because, um, you know, there's little people that die with this anesthetic issue 
every, I would say you hear about it every year, every couple years, you know, the emergency, they have to go in and have surgery and something happens with the anesthetic and they don't wake up. So usually that's from going into a hospital that doesn't have experience with little people. Um, and that's when this happens. And it's not, it's not all little people, right? So there's a great, there's a, the most common type of little person doesn't really have these issues. So, and lots of times doctors assume that we're that type of little person. Weren't you misdiagnosed for yeah, that type of I dwarfism? Mean, especially in my age, every little person was considered to be ACON. And that's the most common type of dwarfism. So they just assume, oh, you're ACON, and then they follow, um, they look at, you know, the medical uh, issues with ACON, and they think, okay, this is what you're going to have, bing, bing, bing. Or in fact, you know, we're SED, we're quite different. We we're have very different from ACON. We really different, like not even close, really. I mean, not even in the same ballpark. No, like, um, you know, we have different problems, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, being misdiagnosed, and I, you know, I see how it happens, but I'm very surprised because we look fairly different than at ACON. Because we're familiar with it, right? True. It's so, it makes so much, uh, it's so obvious to us. You think, how could they mess that up? But I, what, what article did I just look up the other day? There was something. Oh, with your heart. What did right. they say with your heart test? So I this have, is new. We didn't. Yeah, this is just from our pre-op. I had to go through an ECG and an EKG, right? Yeah, so which one is the one with the gel with, where you get like an ultrasound? Yeah, it's like, like an ultrasound. I think that's an EKG. So that's, you had both, but that's the one where they found... A dilated aortic root. root. In your heart. So, I mean, we're used to orthopedic issues and orthopedic problems. We're quite aware of those. And it was like, okay, now what's this? And she said something that we had now have to watch with you. And uh, she said, you know, it's something, okay, we're going to now monitor it every six months to make sure it doesn't get bigger. But she told you after that appointment, what, stay away from sports and... Yeah, anything that I could have a risk to direct impact to my chest area. Yeah, like when she found out you did sledge hockey, which you haven't been doing it because of COVID, and, and it's not contact anyway, but she said, oh, no contact, like we don't want to blow it to your chest. Yeah, and that's totally new to us. We had no idea. No idea. So I never even looked for it. No, and so I come home, and what does everybody do now? You Google, right? You. So I was Googling little people with uh, dilated aortic roots, and, you know, I got one article, and it was an old abstract article, because she said, you know, you'll, she said, if you Google this, you'll find it's related to a couple other conditions. But she says, you guys don't have those conditions. So it's going to be a different thing. It's not going to be that. So I was looking up little people with this condition. And I found it, this old medical uh, article at one of the medical sites, one of the one of the universities. And I found it funny because it talked about this acondoplastic dwarf with this dilated aortic root. And I started to read the article. And it showed pictures of the patient. And of course, it was classic 70s. It was an old black and white, classic 70s medical imagery. It was an old black and white picture of the little person standing there. And they've got his face blocked out with like a black rectangle. Sure. For, so you didn't recognize him. It was clearly not an acon. It was absolutely not an acon. But the whole article talked about a chondoplastic dwarf with this condition. And I don't think it was SED, but I mean... Acons have some definite Yeah, I mean, every type of little that, person has different characteristics that are... And this was clearly not an Acon little person. So then that was a medical uh, journal. Like, that was a, something from the 80s. It was a, quite a few years older, but... Yeah, so sure. 
and I'm sorry, I mean achondoplasia, dwarfism. Um, that's a type of little person. Um, I think I might have said plastic, but I'm not sure where that came from. But it's achondoplasia. <laughs> but I mean, there's over 200 types of dwarfism. 200 types. So, you know, and everybody assumes that little people, little people, they, they categorize them. You know, oh, you're just short. You know, what's 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 the big deal? And for us, it's the shortness is not the problem. It's, yeah, if, if we were just short, yeah. I would have no problem, no problem with it whatsoever. If we could run across the field and not be out of wind and sore hips and back. I would have, yeah, no problem at all. But it's like, I think the biggest problem I have is my hips and lower back. That's my most pain producing area is where I get the most pain is my hips and lower back. And I'm going in for surgery July 23rd. And I'm right now, I think I've got a 90 degree curve in my back. And I have scoliosis and lordosis. So it goes front to back and side to side, right? Yeah, it's, it's a scary looking curve when you look at it. It is. And, you know, for that, when we we're at pre op, when they moved me in that weird position to see how um, malleable my the spine bendable, is, yeah, yeah. how bendable my spine is. When they moved me in that weird position, and you saw the x-ray, my spine was significantly less curved. Yeah, it was significantly better. So, and I think that kind of gives them an idea of how much correction they can get. And I'm really hoping that that will take away some of my pain, or most of my pain, and I think it will. But that is where I have the most problems. Right. And you too, right? Yeah. Yeah, big time. It's back and hips and back and hips. And it's the most crucial parts yeah. that we need. Like, you know, if I had a sore arm or something, I could deal with it. But exactly. it's then, like your back and hips, you can't mess around with those. And I, I mean, when you, you look at our hip x-ray and our back x-ray, and, you, you know, when people say they have back issues, like, they should really look at our x-rays. Cause, yeah. And I mean, there's little yeah, people no, that have way worse than us. For sure. Yeah, no. But we're still pretty severe. Yeah, I remember one time I had to get a CT scan because my hips have been an issue for my whole life. And so I just kind of thought, okay, at age 30, I would get them replaced. Like, you know, I thought that was kind of what I thought. Um, and so that was just before you were born, like around 30, 32. I was 32 when you were born. And so I started to go to specialists then. I had not seen a doctor for about 10 or 12 years, maybe 10 years. And so I thought, okay, it's time to get the hips done. They're really killing me. And so I went and saw a specialist here in our hometown and uh, he looked at my x-rays and I kind of knew who the doctor was from other, other people. So I, it's a smaller community. So he looked at my hips and he says, nope, your hips can't be done. He says, They're no, they can't be done. And anybody that wants to do your hips run screaming. And I kind of thought, oh God, so we're a small town doctor. You know, let me just go and see a real specialist. That's That was my first impression. So since then, I've seen doctors in New York and Seattle the best of the best, the best pretty of the best. much. And I go to the meeting and they say, oh yeah, we could do your hips. Let's do your hips and let's talk about it. They pull out my x-ray and you can see that blank stare kind of come over their face. Yeah, their realization. Because that... basically there's not much of a socket there and the end of the bone is not shaped um, in any kind of uh, normal. Yeah, it's definitely not a normal or average hip. And you also had hardware from previous surgeries as well, right? Right. So the one doctor, he said, okay, well, the first part of the problem is we have to remove the hardware that was put in when you were a kid to keep your legs straight. So he said, oh, yeah, no problem. We'll be in that. That'll be day surgery. We'll take you in and we'll get that hardware out. So I went to 
the city, uh, Victoria, not that far away, and had surgery. You were... I remember you, because the one memory I have of that surgery is we were outside and you were on crutches. I don't know why I remember, but I do remember parts of that surgery. I think you were two, two or three. You were pretty little. I'm sure I remember you out and outside with crutches and I was crawling. I don't know why. And I mean, I totally, it could not have happened. I don't know. Well, I've always had that memory. There's a picture of us in the living room that I keep popping into my mind. And I had just had surgery and you were down on, we're down on the floor together. Anyway, so I went in there and they said, oh yeah, just day surgery and we'll get your hardware out. And that'll be the first stage. And so they put, you know, I had surgery and I was nervous about that because of the anesthetic. And, you know, I made sure the anesthetic, I said, I knew, I said, okay, now look, I've got this type of dwarfism. There's all kinds of complications and actually meeting with them did reassure me. They did go look it up and I felt better. Anyways, had the surgery and they got in there and they removed, they tried to remove it. And it was just, it had been in there for, um, well, 32. I probably had my last place put in when I was in my teens. So, you know, maybe 20, 15, 20 years. And they said, those plates are so covered. The bone has grown over them that they couldn't get them out because the bone is crooked. It's bowed. And they're not that big to begin with. So, you know, they tried shaving the bone away to get the plates out and they were scared to take, shave any more of the bone away because it would shatter the, you know, they didn't want to shatter the femur. And that's the worry The one doctor, one specialist said, look, if you're not walking at all, maybe it's a surgery worth risking um, because uh, there's no guarantee that no you're going to come out there with the ability to walk. Yeah. He said, there's a high probability of failure with you with hips. So if you're walking at all, I wouldn't risk it. So to this point, I am barely walking. I, I get around a little bit in the house without a device, but I would say 80% of my walking now I do with a Segway. Yeah. And I mean, again, thank God for those Segways because, I mean, yeah, again, right there, 80% of your walking is done with a Segway. Yeah, even in the house, which is new. In I, the house, yeah. I never used to use anything in the house. And I, you know, I started, you know, we think we started horsing around with one in the house and then we just started horsing around more and more. And now there's an indoor one that's just left and we use it all the time. And I use it most of the time, right? Yeah. And, you know, I step, even for me, like I use the Segway in the house. I don't always need it, but I, we always kind of live. A step today is one you might not be able to take. Right. Tomorrow or something. A so. step saved today is a step you can take tomorrow. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, again, they're just a fantastic device. They really are. So, you know, so we were just trying to give a visual to people that might be just tuning in with an audio podcast or the audio vision. And our life um, is, it's hard to explain sometimes how unique it is until people are with us, right? Like we, um, it's something you just don't escape. And like you say, it's not the height that's the problem. You know, nothing fits, for example, you know, if you know, you can imagine if you're, say, you're at the end of the day, you're super tired, you just had enough, you just want to come home and relax in your nice chair, right? Yeah. That doesn't work because no, no chair in the world fits us unless we... Unless we make modify, it or modify, modify it. it. And even, when we, even when we modify something, it's not like it's a perfect fit. It's something that we've made do with, right? Yeah. Um, no, it, nothing in this world is made for us, so we do have a lot of modifying to do. And a lot of, it's just average things that the average person wouldn't think of. Yeah, they don't think of. And that's what drives me a little bit crazy. Like, I think if even for you in school, 
school can be hard enough. You've got your exams, you've got studying, you've got um, all your academic worries that every kid has to worry about. Now you have to do that for eight hours a day in class under with furniture that is absolutely not comfortable at all. So you spend your days, half your days kneeling or on stools or with a chair that completely doesn't fit. So that makes you more tired. That makes you more sore. And that's stuff that people just don't think about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who thinks about when they go on an exam, how they're going to sit at the desk? Yeah, nobody. It, that never crosses anybody's cross mind. And that's like one of the first things that you would do, right? If you're yeah. going into a provincial exam. And I know I'm going to be sitting there for a couple hours. That's the first thing I think about is how am I going to sit there for a couple hours? What's going to be the most, make it the most tolerable. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, luckily, thank God for you being able to modify everything and teaching me how to modify different things. And I mean, now I've got a chair in every classroom for each semester, which is great. We just went and bought, then that's the other, we could do a whole episode on that. So for that, in high school, when you, that was a big, that was a difference from your other school. You were in the same class all day, right? So we had one chair that we had modified. Yeah. But now in high school, you're in four or five different settings, different classrooms throughout the day. And every classroom's got different tables, got different desks, got different heights, got different... And, you know, and they change every semester, right? So yeah. first semester I could have math and I could have a desk such and such height and it doesn't need to move. And then next semester I could have it in socials and the tables are three feet tall. So, I mean, you have to always be able to modify everything and think everything ahead. It's, yeah, it, it's just, it's funny. I mean, I just find it sometimes funny because the average person, like my friends, they never think of that. No. They never think if they're going to go to a restaurant. They never think of what they're going to sit on. Yeah, or we can tell the difference when there's restaurants that we don't like in our town because the table is up to our eyeballs. Yeah, I mean, it's got a booth, which is a plus. Yeah. But the table's up, yeah, like you said, up to our eyeballs. So So we prefer the other restaurant where we know the table's much lower. Yeah. Plug for Gina's? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no doubt. And the funniest thing. The best thing is when you have to ask for a booster seat. That's that's the peak of embarrassment. Is when you go to a restaurant and you don't want to be the one that has to like, oh, we should go to a different restaurant or something. So you have to ask for a booster seat. That's the well. Now that's the it's peak. it's great now that you're at the age where you kind of laugh at that stuff because it's harder when you're just becoming like you know that ten eleven when you're. You're embarrassed. You don't want to ask for that because no other kid does that. And I totally get it because, well, now at my age, I can't get my wide ass into a booster seat. So you can get in, but you can't, can't get out. Yeah, there's no way we're I'm taking that so, home. With, yeah. We're taking the booster seat home with us. But. Yeah. If I get in, I'll never get out of it. <laughs> but so even with school, right? So to fix that problem, what do we do? We go to the, the office store. We buy four chairs. And so when you're looking at an office chair, when we're going to buy one for, for your school. I, actually, these are the chairs that we're yeah, sitting on. Yeah, these are the exact chairs. These are the chairs. So, so that's a good example. That's a perfect example. So what did we do? We needed chairs for your school. So we go to the store. We buy four chairs. But it's not a matter of buying four chairs that fit because that doesn't exist. You know, we had to find four chairs that are the exact same, high arms, and a modifiable base. So, if, yeah, that's the first thing you got to look at is I know I'm going to chop these chairs apart as soon as I get them home. So now you have to look at the chair. Okay, what's the best price? Because, you, you know, everything's money, right? So you try and find a reasonably priced chair that has some of the things that you think you can use. And then it also is, I can see or visualize, okay, I can cut this. 
I can modify this here, whereas that chair is going to be way too hard to modify. So that's how we buy a chair for office, right? It's not just like going, sitting in a chair and think, oh yeah, this one's, this one's comfy, but I'll take this one, because that doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist. So the chair, I think, is a good example, right? It's Oh, it's a great example. It's a fantastic example. I mean, it's an everyday thing that not a, not anyone would think about. But. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Yeah, or even, you know, I, uh, you know, if I need to um, take the truck or anything in to get an oil change or if it needs maintenance or anything, and they'll say, oh, do you want a loaner vehicle? Uh, yeah, no, that won't yeah. work. We'll take one if we can screw into the floor and the <laughs> pedals and then... Yeah, because unless I can take my pedals and yeah. weld them to your uh, floor, then I'm not taking any vehicle of yours. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what we wanted to sit down and talk about this podcast was... But yeah, that's... And I think, you know, and it's like, there's so many people out there that have unique things that people don't think about. And I that's kind of the other um, idea behind this podcast I don't just want it to be about us and just about our issues. We have a unique perspective, and I think many people in the world have a unique perspective, and people don't think about it. So, you know, if you're walking through the mall and you see somebody in a wheelchair, I think you've got to think about, people got to realize how much work it took for that person in the wheelchair just to get to the mall. Yeah. Just to get dressed, just to get in the vehicle, dig their chair, put their chair in the vehicle, out of the vehicle. And I think that requires a little bit more empathy in, in most people are great, but I just, you know, there's, there's, everybody has a unique battle. And I think part of this podcast is just kind of shedding a bit of light on, on, uh, differences. Yeah. That's a perfect, um, perfect explanation because that is all we want is just to, you know, I don't think we're looking for sympathy. We don't want people to feel bad or look at us and think, for sure not no oh my gosh i'm so sorry i would never want to be them it's like screw that like <laughs> you know you think i'm gonna sit at home all my life and yeah no we have a great d- life yeah we have a fantastic life and i mean i wouldn't trade it for the world me too and i mean all the crappy things that we have to go through it's made me who i am it's like i wouldn't builds our character yeah i wouldn't be the person i am if i didn't have my surgery at four years old if i didn't have to think about how i'm gonna sit in a, at a three-hour exam like i just wouldn't have the characteristics or the personality that i have now and um that's what we want people to realize is you know you don't have to feel bad for us don't look at us and feel terrible for what we have to go through or think or anybody who's different yeah anybody who's different you don't have to necessarily feel bad for us. You can just respect. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. It's just about giving that person a little bit of respect for the crap that he may have to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. And some of that's just through education, right? Yeah, exactly. Just opening your eyes a little bit and and understanding. Because that's the other thing with this podcast. I want it to be more light and fun. I don't want to come down on people because I tell you, in my experience, 95 five or higher percent of the people that we run into and deal with are absolutely awesome they're fantastic always offering help and yeah and like my core group of buddies are fantastic they're the first ones to help me get up a curb yep or you know if i need an extra chair to sit on yep no i was lucky when i grew up i mean i always had great friends and great pals and i see that with your pals you've got a great group of kids um, that have grown up with you and that's really cool yeah, yeah, I'm very, I'm glad I have that 
core friend group I have. And that's really important, I think, throughout the, your whole life is just to to fit in and uh, be yourself and share life with people around you. That's what it's all about, right? That, yeah, that's what it's all about. So do we wrap up this one? I don't know if we got off track or if we went too far or... Yeah, I'm not really sure. I think so. Like, I think... I think we're doing, we did okay. I mean, I think we're at like 45 minutes, which is our longest one yet, I think. But. Yeah, maybe we went too far because, uh, you know, we don't want to... We don't want to scare people away. This isn't just about um, surgeries and it just isn't about uh, um, problems in life. It's more about a different perspective that we have and we think it's kind of we're sharing because we're proud of it. Yeah, very proud of it. And, uh, you know, I think we have a lot to offer. So I'm glad that we went into detail and shared our story and what, where our perspective and where our view on things comes from. Because that's you, what the short zone is going to be. That's right. I mean, as the two hosts of the short zone podcast, we have a very different look on things as an average person would. And I'm very glad that we have a platform that we can share that with. Yeah, no, and it should be fun, and uh, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But, uh, you know, for sure write in, because we're often unaware of what the most common interests or what questions people might have. Yeah, feel free to email us or DM us on any of our social medias. Mine is at Caden Tonike. Or I'm at, Jim, at Jim Tonike. And, yeah, feel free to message us, email us whatever you feel like, uh, go check out our website, www.theshortzone.com, right? Yep, it's up now and it's ready to go. And comment below if yeah, you're watching below us on if YouTube. You, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button just to show your support. And uh, yeah, hit the thumbs up button if you enjoyed. Because if you are on just an audio uh, Spotify or, or one of those other ones, be sure to check us out on YouTube if you get the chance, because here we are, this is... Yeah, the Short Zone as well on YouTube. Yep. So check us out but that's gonna wrap it up for episode three of the short zone podcast thanks, thanks for, for watching peace thanks for everything sorry i cut you off there no that's fine thanks for tuning in to the short zone podcast if you haven't already make sure to check out our youtube where all these video podcasts are featured if you like what you heard and would like to continue your support please check our patreon and also make sure to follow all our social media at the short zone my name is caden tonight and i'll see you in the next one peace